Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonald here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. So I've been doing a number of coaching calls the last couple of weeks and I thought it'd be helpful today if I shared with you some of the challenges that people have been having and some of the things that they've come to me with, obstacles they're facing that I've helped them overcome. And a number of these are challenges with deals or challenges with mindset. So let's get straight into them. So number one was um, a person that's come to me on a coaching call, and I won't mention names, but I thought it's valuable to share the challenges rather than the people. So this person came to me and with a deal that they've sourced, a very good deal, they've sourced the property at a 100 grand value property, agreed purchase price of 80,000 pounds. And their plan was to buy the house today for £80,000 and then refinance it in six months time at the value, so get a 100 grand valuation and refinance it for £80,000. Now on paper, that sounds like a good plan. Buy a 100 grand house for 80, six months later, get it valued at 100, take out an 80% mortgage on it and get your £80,000 back. On paper, that sounds like a good plan. In reality, it's possibly not the best plan. And here's why. Because if you buy a house, even though you know all day long it's worth a hundred grand today, if you buy that house for 80,000 pounds, then the house is worth 80,000 pounds, unless you do work to improve it. So when you would go in six months time to have this property refinanced, the valuer who would be representing the mortgage company would ask you to show proof of a schedule of works for improvements to the property and receipts or invoices for the costs of those jobs to show that you've spent money adding value to the property. Now, if you've bought the house for 80,000 and you did no work to it whatsoever and tried to get it valued at 100 in six months time, the lenders will just say, no, I'm sorry, You paid 80,000 for it six months ago, so therefore today the property is worth 80,000 pounds. You have to be able to add value to be able to get a higher valuation on the property. So this person's plan would have backfired on them in six months time had they not had that coaching call with me. A second call I had this week was for somebody who had a deal secured and they brilliant deal secured. So this deal was a vendor finance deal where they had agreed a purchase price on the property and the vendor was going to leave some money in the deal. Now, they were panicking and procrastinating about moving ahead with the deal, worried that they didn't fully understand exactly what the solicitors were going to do. Now, here's the thing. The solicitors have spent years in law school learning what they're going to do. Our job is to negotiate a deal with a vendor, work out the terms of the deal, and then pass that on to a solicitor who will draw up the contracts and keep us legally safe. You do not need to know every single last detail of what a solicitor does. 
If you needed to know that, what you should do is go to law school, spend the next four, five, six, seven years in law school and give up on your property investment dream. Your job as a property investor is to find a gold mine area, source the properties in the area, negotiate with the vendors, agree purchase prices, and then let the solicitors take care of all the paperwork. Do not try and become a solicitor. Be the best property investor that you can be. Pay other people well. Pay accountants well to do your accounts. Pay solicitors well to do your legals. Pay valuers well to do valuations. Pay planning people well to do plans for you and architects to do architectural work for you. Your job is to have a strong power team, know where to go to, and focus on finding the properties. Have good letting agents to manage them. Have a good estate agents to get deals off and local sourcers maybe to source deals off if you're not doing direct to vendor yourself. But do not believe that you need to know every part of the process. You don't. If you try and learn every part of the process, you will, you will be spending all of your time learning everybody else's job instead of doing your job, which is going out there to find the property deal. So positive procrastination and procrastination are two of the biggest things that hold people back. You have got to focus on the income generating tasks and the income generating tasks for you and your property business is finding the deals then pay other people well to protect you in that deal um, a third call i had was somebody who came on the phone to me saying that there's no deals out there we're in lockdown there's no deals out there um, there's no agents aren't working there's no letting agents open at the moment there's just no deals out there reality is there is loads of deals out there when I dug down a little bit on the call, I said to them, so how many deals have you looked for? How much marketing had you put out? Reality was they hadn't done any marketing. So I said, how many agents have you spoke to? Well, none, they're all closed. So you didn't actually try to ring them. So in your head, you're saying to me, there's no deals out there. But actually, now that I've dug into it a little bit, you haven't actually tried to find any. So what you've done before you've even started is told yourself there's no deals out there. Now, whether you think there is or you think there isn't, you are right. If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. There is deals out there, there is agents open. If you are telling yourself that agents are closed, then they are not closed, guys. They're not closed. There is opportunities. You ring them. I own a letting agency. We've got three staff in the business. And plus myself, we're all working. The agency's open. We're working. 
our shop on the high street is closed, but the phones are diverted to a mobile phone and we're taking the calls via mobile. And we're still out there doing viewings, we're still doing valuations, but we're doing virtual viewings. Virtual viewings, remote valuations, we're looking at properties, we're arranging tenants, and people are looking at them remotely. Then we will meet them for live viewings because people still have to move. The, the government have not said people can't move, People that need to move have to move. And many people, they can't be homeless, they need to move. So we won't meet them in the property, but what we will do is make sure that they can look around a vacant house where we leave the door open for them. We've sit in a car outside and they have a look around. But this is the last stage once they've shown interest after they've seen photographs and after they've watched a virtual viewing. So yes, there is deals out there. Yes, there are opportunities out there. Here's the thing. There is more opportunities out there now than possibly there has been earlier this year or last year. And this is why. Because many people think that there's nothing can be done. Many letting agents and estate agents are saying nothing can be done. But it's those that are actively doing stuff that are moving forward. And if you target direct to vendors right now, they have a perception that agents are not open. Meaning that they need you if they need to sell. This is a golden opportunity. Do not let it pass you by. Another call I had, this is the fourth call, was somebody who was focused on too many areas. So they came on the phone to me and they're saying they couldn't figure out how to nail down the area that they wanted to work in. Now they had spent probably about a month to six weeks procrastinating over what's the right area to invest in. They, they were doing test marketing in about five different places and getting similar results in them all. And when we dug into it, I asked, so in each area on average, how many tenants, are re potential tenants are responding to your adverts saying that they want accommodation in the area and was well into the double figures in each area meaning that every area was working so just pick one pick an area you can spend forever trying to pick the perfect area but here's the thing you do not need to invest in the perfect area you need to invest in an area that works it's just like when you're trying to find the perfect strategy is single let better than HMO? Or is HMO better than single let? Or are single lets and HMO better than serviced accommodation? Which one's best? Is commercial conversion the thing I should do? I need to spend the next one, two, three years trying to figure out what's best. The reality is what you should be doing is just something that works. I've got some properties. I've got a block of six apartments. They could work brilliantly as serviced accommodation. I would make possibly more money on them in serviced accommodation than I do at single lets, but I rent them as single lets. Why? Because single let also works. And I'm happy with the return that I get from them as a single let. So you don't have to do the best. What you have to do is something that works. If you're sitting at home right now listening to this podcast or wherever you are in the world listening to this podcast and you're procrastinating about an area to invest in, a strategy to do that's the best strategy. Let's get you moving now. Let's stop procrastinating and let's get started and let's just pick something that works. Just the thing that works. 
Number five was a call from somebody who was overwhelmed. Now, this is really interesting because the third call I talked about on this podcast was somebody saying there was no deals out there. And the fourth one was somebody who focused on too many areas. But the fifth call was somebody who was suffering from overwhelm. And the reason from their overwhelm was they had too many deals. They had too many deals. They were doing their marketing in one area. They had loads of direct-to-vendor opportunities. They had estate agents and letting agents and offering them deals. And they were still ringing even more agents to try and find more deals. And I said, hang on a second. You've got all of these opportunities and now you're still ringing more agents and ringing more vendors, cold calling, etc., to get even more leads but you're telling me that you're overwhelmed because you've got too many. And the reality was this. Yes, they had too many leads. Yes, they had too many opportunities, but they had some fear. They were fearful of progressing the lead on to the next stage, which was putting the offer in and potentially securing a deal. So they were keeping themselves busy, filling the top of the funnel with more leads and more leads and more leads but they weren't making any money because they weren't taking any of the leads through to completion. Here's what you need to do. You market for your leads. You get the leads coming in. You analyze the leads. You don't overanalyze. You just analyze them, work out the numbers, and then you make the offer. You make an offer that works based on numbers, not an emotional offer. You make a numbers offer. You place the offer, and you wait for the vendors to accept them or reject them. Now, if the vendors accept the offer, you move forward, you get the deal done. If the vendor rejects the offer, you put them in your database and you follow up with them once every three to four weeks, letting them know that you're still looking, that you're still there, and if they want to accept the offer. Because a vendor might not be motivated today, but they will be motivated maybe in six weeks, six months time. But while that property has not sold, there is still an opportunity to secure that deal. And people's motivation changes over time. So you should always be following up with them and always checking up on the offer that you placed on that property. So overwhelmed from one person, no leads from another person. Reality is most of it is the mindset in your head. It's the mindset in your head. Some people are fearful of doing the marketing to find the deals. Some people love the marketing to find the deals, but they're fearful of actually progressing that deal forward. You have to face your fears. You have to face your fear and do it anyway. If you do not risk anything, you risk everything, as Rob Moore often said to me when I came to Progressive Property. And he was absolutely right. I had fears when I came to Progressive in 2013 and I started learning about property investing. And Rob Moore's mentorship and support helped me overcome those fears. And all I do on the podcast now is hopefully give some of that back to you. But you must overcome your fear. You must move forward. Eat that frog. Do the thing that you're fearful of doing. Do the thing that you, that is most scary to you. Because if you stay in your comfort zone, you will stay comfortable, but you'll never be truly financial, financially comfortable. You have to become a little bit uncomfortable with the things that you don't like doing to eventually become financially comfortable. So anyway, call number six 
was somebody who bought an overpriced property. Before I met them, they, they put down an offer on an overpriced property from a sourcer in a different town across the country about three hours where, where, from where they lived personally. Now, they put the offer down with this sourcer. They paid an upfront fee to the sourcer and the sourcer secured a deal from an, on a new build depart, apartment from a developer. Now, what transpired was that the developer had overpriced the property, as can often happen. It's like buying a new car. You drive it off the forecourt and it's not worth the price you paid for it a day later. The sourcer had given comparables that weren't the right comparables or accurate comparables, whether they knew or not. The investor, they just took the sourcer's word for it. They didn't do their own due diligence. Here's the thing. There is some brilliant sourcers out there. There is some bad sourcers out there. There is a mixture of both, just like anything in life. Many people try to do sourcing without ever learning how to become a sourcer. Progressive run a brilliant deal packaging training to teach you how to do it in the correct way. But many people try to do it without learning how to do it in the correct way. And the sourcer that this person bought the property off I don't know who this sourcer was, but here's what I do know. It does not matter whether they're a trained sourcer or an untrained sourcer. If you are buying a property from a deal sourcer, it is your job to do the due diligence. It is not their job to do due diligence for you. Whatever they tell you the value is, whatever they tell you the comparables is, you take that at face value. You do not use those and believe those numbers. You must do your own due diligence. You have to go online and you check to confirm that those comparables are correct. Do not hand money over without speaking to estate agents, finding out what those properties are worth in that street or in that area. Speak to letting agents and find out what those properties will rent for in those areas. Check online and see which properties are available for sale or to rent on Rightmove or Zoopla. See what the prices are and confirm through your own due diligence that the pricing and the comparables that are given to you by the sourcer are real, accurate comparables. It is not a sourcer's job to do your due diligence for you. You need to keep you safe. And finally, um, call number seven was somebody who asked me if because of lockdown, they needed to change all their marketing, change their marketing, change their approach and let people know in the marketing that they won't be able to do anything now. But if they're interested in selling their house or, or renting them their house on like a rent to rent, that they'd be, would they contact them at the end of the lockdown? This is crazy. Well, a motivated sellers are motivated today. The marketing that you were using a year ago, the marketing that you're going to use in a year's time, it, you use the same approach today. You are looking for deals today. The lockdown is a major opportunity to get great deals. It is not a reason to change your marketing and to say, I'm not going to buy now. I'm just letting you know that I'm in the market for, for later. No, what you are marketing now to find motivated sellers now. Do, do not change your marketing if it's working. There's no need to change something that's working. Continue to use it. Change your marketing if it's not working. Absolutely. But here's what you do. 
do not change more than one thing at a time. You see, if you change your marketing completely, if you change six things on one advert all at the same time, and then you start to get more phone calls, you don't actually know which one of the six things you changed worked. So here's what you do. You change one thing at a time. Make one change to your marketing, just one individual change, and you track it and see if that made a difference to your conversion. If it made a difference to your conversion in a positive way, you keep the change. If it made a difference in a negative way, you get rid of the change and go back to the original and then change something else. So there are seven phone calls that I've had this week with people where I've given them some mentoring support some of the challenges that they were facing, but I thought it was worthwhile sharing it on the podcast because the challenges that they're facing are the challenges that many people face. And I know that many of you on the podcast will have some of these things in your head, if not all of them in your head in the previous few months or even years. And you must knock that stuff out of your head. I needed mentorship to be able to do this. My mentor, um, changed my mindset. They changed my approach to life. And I will be mentored for the rest of my life because I actually always have been mentored. My first mentor, they taught me how to crawl. They taught me how to walk. They taught me how to speak. They they told me that, that I needed to go to school. They told me that I needed to get a good job. They told me I needed a good education. They told me I needed to get a job where I paid into a pension and had a, a job for life. They did not teach me financial education. My first mentors were my parents. They taught me how to work hard for money. And when I came to Progressive in 2014, I learned how to work smart for money. And my mentors told me that I'm not thinking big enough, I'm not thinking smart enough, that I can do this, that I can achieve the goals that I want to achieve. You see, you, every one of us are being mentored. We're either being mentored and held back or we've been mentored and driven forward. But don't think that you don't have a mentor because you absolutely do. It's just the quality of the mentor that you have that's the difference between the successful and the unsuccessful. Make sure you align yourself to successful people. Make sure that you are being mentored by the right people. Anyway, that's a little bit from me. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Remember, it's on iTunes and Stitcher. It's out every Tuesday from about 7.30 in the morning. Make sure you've subscribed to iTunes, to Stitcher, also the Progressive Property YouTube channel, and follow Progressive Property community on Facebook as well. You've been listening to Kevin McDonnell. This has been the Progressive Property Podcast. You've been amazing, and I'll see you next week. 